This is the Gore and Mole Podcast with your host, TJ Bowser, Chad Chrisman, and Wes Payne. What's up, guys? And welcome to the Gore and More Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser. And joining me as always is your Dark Lord and Master, Chad Chrisman. And my other co-host, Wes, not Craven Payne. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, today is, I just stroked out, December 12th, 2018. I'm going to cut that way pause out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> it's the time. But uh, today, let's actually, let's go over the week. Uh, Chad, what'd you do this week? I, I have done absolutely nothing this week. I finally got my Christmas shopping done for my wife. That's what I did this week. There you go. How about uh, you? Yeah. Uh, Wes, how about about you? How was your week? Me, I just uh, do what I normally do and I work nights. So I worked and like Chad, I got some of my Christmas shopping done early and thank God because I am one of the biggest procrastinators on the planet. So I'm glad to at least have my Christmas shopping 75% complete, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Excellent. I got like two more things to get and I'm done. Uh, I went to Steel City Comic Con on Friday. I did a Friday the 13th part three cosplay of Jason. It was excellent. Uh, you son of a bitch, I was down the street. I know. Next, next <laughs> April, we'll, we'll all be together. The dream team. We'll. I, I, that, that's kind of iffy for me because they made it the same weekend as my daughter's birthday. Ah. So I will have to get back to you. I, probably at least one of the days I can be there. That's all that matters. That way people can see Chad Vader in the flesh. Word. Dark Lord and Savior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I picked up a couple horror stuff. I got a autograph by Doug Bradley. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you know who he is. Obviously, uh, Tom Savini signed my part three mask. I wish I had my part four there. That would have been so much cooler. But uh, I have a shadow box my mom got me for Christmas that I'm going to put in the put the mask in. So that's going to be dope. Uh, I got a part three and a part five uh, NECA figure, deluxe figures. And then I got the accessory kit with them. And then mm-hmm. I got for my dad, cool. uh, since he's I don't know if he listens to this. Uh, he'll find out anyway. I got a part two Jason autograph from what's his name? It's a really weird name. Isn't Steve it? Dash. Are you sure? Positive. Is that blue flannel, Jason? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even know that myself. And then uh, I also got him a Tom Savini Day of the Dead, like an autograph of Tom hmm. Savini signed the Day of the Dead poster. Yeah, that's pretty cool. How was uh, meeting uh, Pinhead? Pretty good. He's a very quiet British man. Really? Yeah. It's he's not he, as big as you think he is, and he's just yeah, he's quiet. I noticed that when I saw the picture, of you he looked, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, that's I was kind of, uh, I wouldn't say disappointed, but I thought he was a lot taller, you know. Well, now I'm hell bent on getting all the Cenobites autographs. I don't, I don't even know the names of the other ones. Neither huh. do I. Are you gonna get the guy with the CD that shoots the CDs? <laughs> Is that from three? That's, the, that's from that's three. That's the one I want. Part three got the part three guy who shoots the CDs out of out of his ass and kills like a hundred people in the club. It's the most it's the biggest kill count I've ever seen in any movie possible. He kills they kill like a hundred thousand people in the club. That's awesome. How was meeting Tom Savini? Uh 
Very, very cool. Definitely a Pittsburgh accent on that boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that This is actually the second time meeting Mr. Savini. Last August, I ran into him at his booth. Uh, he His uh, school has a booth there, and he was visiting, and I, I got to stop and shake his hand and stuff and talk to him a little bit. But this time when I talked to him, I was able to plug our podcast. Awesome. So Tom Savini knows who we are. Uh, and then before we left, he was walking in front of us and we got to say goodbye to him and stuff the proper way, you know, uh, but what do you say, what do you say to him? If my, if I may ask, like, what do you, when you meet one of these guys, what is, what is one of the most, uh, I thanked him for his contribution to the horror community. Very cool. Okay. Uh, he told me you appreciate his work and I kind of plugged our podcast saying we're actually doing one of your films next. Uh, the 81's burning. So, oh, I, I remember that film. And of course you do, Tom. Of course you do. <laughs> I, I tell you, I got to meet him. Uh, it's probably about twenty years ago at one of the old Pittsburgh Comic Cons, and he is just a super cool, really nice, down to earth guy. <laughs> of all things, I talked to him about being Sex Machine and From Dusk Till Dawn. He's actually in that Maniac movie we were talking about pre-show. Awesome. Mm, oh, okay. He actually gets murdered. It's really cool. Yeah, it was, it was so cool talking to him about that. He's like, "Thanks. It was really great working with Quentin Tarantino. I really enjoy playing that character." <laughs> that, that's true well, i keep sex. forgetting that he was sex machine he's also the biker gang leader in dawn of the dead yeah and he played the uh, zombified biker gang leader in uh land of the dead oh okay yeah he actually came back am i the I only one that likes day of the dead here i love day of the dead oh, okay. i hated it the first time i saw it but then i went back is to it the it. one with the shopping mall no that's, that's dawn. dawn day of the dead was at the uh underground bunker underground bunker yes do you not I don't know. I lost remake. interest with the, with those with that franchise when they started picking up guns. I was about done. Didn't, oh. they, didn't they make the Didn't they make the remakes not long ago of Day? Oh, but, but it actually a machine gun. If you I look, about walked out of the theater with them using guns. If you look at that was Land context, of the Dead. Yeah, but if you look okay. at it in the context of the whole series, it makes sense because they evolve and change from each movie to the next. They actually start becoming more cognizant, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they actually, if you look and if you see the whole series as a whole, it actually does make sense and you see them evolve. And uh, it actually carried over into a George Romero comic. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it, but it actually had vampires in it too. And it was oh. actually pretty good. Interesting. Okay. okay. But there will be no, the next Comic Con near us, there will be no horror people there. No, but fucking William Shatner. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna get him to sign. You should take you should take a mold of his face now and then paint it white. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We do, they do have different. a horror guest. They have the shape, the original shape. <laughs> I should get him to sign a mask. That would I be think it would, he, I think he'd be depressed if he saw the the mask now and then you know. I, I asked he'd, Rick he'd from 13X Studios last night if uh, how like if you think he would actually sign a. Uh, a shape mask. I bet he would. I bet he would. I, I think he would. I don't see why he wouldn't. Yeah, I mean. As long I, as you're paying I, for it, the Shatner will sign anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. right. Exactly. Oh, man. The Shat is just awesome. I'd love to meet him. Yeah, he is awesome. I'm not a big Trek fan. I never have been. I mean, they're okay, but uh, yeah, he's you got to like him. I'm a, fan of, <laughs> I, I'm a fan of his music, personally. His music? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine jazz music with broken words. It, is it is it on the same level as uh, like David Hasselhoff from Germany? No, see, David Hasselhoff is actually a true musician. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and David, oh. David Hasselhoff did the uh, the ending song in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Oh, did he? <laughs> true Survivor. Did really? Get the hell out of here! Really? Uh, yeah. Oh my God! Oh, the Hoff. So, 
Today's movie is 1981's The Burning. Directed by Tony... Please, Chad, help me. Tony Malum. Malum. And written by Peter Lawrence and motherfucking Bob Weinstein. Pre-creeper Bob Weinstein. Yes. I mean, if you really want the part, you know what to do. The story is loosely based <laughs> on the upstate New York urban legend of Cropsey, a tale that became a popular at summer camps in the 60s and 70s. The film was released on May 8th, 1981, and it was the first ever Miramax film by the Weinsteins. Budget of $1.5 million, and it only made 707770 domestically. So it was a flop. Actually, I have some comments on that on our post uh, movie wrap up about that. It actually made a lot more money overseas. It did make more than its budget back in Japan. Oh, it did? Of all places, Japan. <laughs> mm. Huh. I think Japanese people just like to watch American teenagers get murdered. I feel like that's just a thing. <laughs> uh, Wes, you want to talk about the cast? Yeah, I mean, we have the, the cast is a lot of. Uh famous people i was surprised uh like i said about an hour ago just finished it up so i was shocked to see some of these cast members in here um you have um playing todd is brian matthews playing uh the young todd is keith mendel playing michelle's uh leah aries or ayers i think ayers um, i think is what we're looking at yeah right uh playing alfred is actually the guy from um uh fast times at ridgemont high uh Brian Backer, um, playing Crosby as Lou David, um, Gelazar, Gelaz- Glazer, 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 yeah, oh yeah, that's right, I called him Glazer, when I was watching, I thought his name was Glazer, for I don't know what reasons, but, uh, he's, yeah, Larry J- Joshua plays that, um, Jason Alexander from, uh, Seinfeld, wasn't it, I was shocked, he, he had hair, had hair in, yeah, he had hair in the movie, but he was, was play- but he was I playing, noticed. like, it was like a young, George Costanza, he was like the exact same guy. <laughs> yeah, he had the same, you know, his voice didn't linger. I was no. like, oh my God, that's, that's, there's Costanza. Like that, yeah, that's Costanza. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, we had Ned, Ned Eisenberg uh, as Eddie, Carrick Glenn as Sally, Carolyn Hollihan as Karen, and Fisher Stevens as Woodstock, who was also, I guess, in Short Circuit. And Short Circuit, too. Oh. Yeah. He was the main, he's, he's done, he's, he's one of those character actors. You see him in something like, oh, I know him from Short Circuit. <laughs> and, and I, I also want to add in, you don't have it on here, but this is actually the first film that Holly Hunter was in. Really? Yes. That's right. I forgot her too. Right. What? What? What did she play? Um, hold on. I have it written down here. What was the name of her character? It doesn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Um, I forget what she played here. Uh, Sophie. She played Sophie. Uh, One of the. She said she. And I looked it up. She said she basically was glorified uh, extra, but she got like she got paid like a thousand dollars a week to do it. Oh yeah, and she got her Screen Actors Guild card from this what movie. Was, well, whenever we go into it, I guess we'll, we'll understand. Yeah, we don't. There's not a lot of tits in this movie. Well, nope. the ones I saw were big silver dollar little little tits. So yeah, but I you did get you did get full frontal on the other. Girl. Yes, and you there was a, a frontal of a giant bush, um, which, <laughs> which I I like. So and you know, and you also sadly had to see Glazer's hairy man ass. <laughs> i like the way yes, he dies though i yeah i wasn't uh, thrilled about that one. so there's also a, a, a girl in here called is is her name tiger yeah there's and a little girl named tiger i don't see what who plays that but i thought that was weird too they call a, a character tiger <laughs> the names of this was, movie are excellent the, 
what's that? The names in this movie are excellent. Yeah, you know, the funny right. Thing, that's the, that's what I don't. Glazer and Tiger. I was the, like, okay. The funny thing is, a lot of the guys in the movie went on to do other things, but the girls they would do like two or three movies total, and then they just retired from acting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it seems that way, right? <laughs> so play the trailer. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah, see Bef- what you need to say before that. You got to do the uh, the promos. Oh, okay. So before we do this, we're going to do a promo for a film that we all here support at uh, Gordon Moore called 13 Fanboy. Our uh, our friend, Deborah Voorhees, you may know her as. She was in part five. What was her character's name? What was the character's She's name? part five, but I don't remember. See, I've only seen part five like twice. I, I'm, I'm really bad me. with Shame some of the characters' me. names. Oh, this, this is killing me. Tina. Tina. She played Tina, Tina in right. Friday the 13th part five. Uh she primarily was cast for the, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she is the face of a new film called Fa- uh, 13 Fanboys. And it's about a fan who hunts down the women of the Friday the 13th franchise. And some of the actors returning for this film and actresses are uh, C.G. Graham, who played Jason in part six. Right, my Tom, favorite one. By Tom the way, Matthews, I was who talking played, about part six. Tom Matthews, who played Tommy Jarvis, Jarvis in part six. Uh, Judy Aronson from the Woo-hoo. final chapter. Uh, Tracy Savage from part, part three. three. Jennifer Banco from. She was in part seven. She was the young Tina. And yes. Also, she was in uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, part three. Okay, and she's she a local Pittsburgh girl. Oh, she's a local. She's a local. Buddy. Yeah, she was a Pittsburgh girl. Uh, Ron uh, Sloan, who played Junior in Part Five. Andrew Lightly from Never Hike Alone. Vincent DeSanti from Never Hike Alone. Also, Kane Hodder was announced. Yeah, I don't know why they still don't have him listed on the production site. Yeah, that, that's kind of starting to bother me. What if it? What if it's not a set thing? It, it, but she announced it. Debbie Voorhees herself announced You've, it. It's not on the updates. Like, there's no mention of it. That, that is so weird. We'll get back to you guys on that. I feel like Kane Hodder. But there is going to be a theatrical release, all practical effects, no CGI. So, and it will feel like an 80 slasher. So that's that's what they're aiming for. I mean, whatever they can do in 2018 to make it feel that way, you know? Yeah, I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's going to be it's, awesome. Yeah, definitely. Check. We are at, what, 80%? Yes. 80%, and we have... 15 days left to get $10,000. Oh, they'll get it. They'll get they'll it. They'll get it. So, moving on. Uh, don't the- forget to uh, plug it. Uh, you can find them on Facebook. Oh, yes. And also at VorheesFilmsProduction.com. So go check it out. We support this with every it's atom on of Indiegogo, our by yes. the way. Yes, it's supported on Indiegogo. There's a lot of great little uh, incentives. Perks or whatever. Perks, yeah. yes. So definitely go check it out. It is a production near and dear to our hearts because we all love Jason. We all love Friday the 13th. This ties in with it. And we we love the women from Friday the 13th. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're the stars of the show. Let's be honest. <laughs> got to get got to get those twins on there. <laughs> yeah, they do. I'm waiting for them to sign up those twins. They already got uh, Judy Aronson on there. Get sign up those twins. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, the kill count's been added to because there's an incentive where you can be added to the movie to be killed in it. So, 
Hmm. And I think like a lot of people. Where are they, where are they filming this movie? Do you know? I, didn't I don't even, know. I, don't... I, I saw they were, they were looking to add some uh, conventions that they wanted to film at. So fingers crossed. Maybe they'll come to Steel City. Oh, that'd be cool. As wow. I'd love that. What if Tom Savini made a cameo? Oh, <laughs> could you imagine? That would be great. <laughs> he should, he should, they should cameo Tom Savini, and they kill him on screen, and he looks at it, he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Or he just looks really confused about what's going on. <laughs> he's like, oh, I could do a better kill scene than this. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is awesome. On with the show. All right, let's roll that trailer. So this is the trailer from 1981. <laughs> You're looking forward to midnight swims. Don't. Sneak on back to the campsite. Get some matches. Build us a hot fire. Don't be wrong. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story anymore. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. Cried out! I will return! I will have my revenge! He lives on whatever he can catch. Right now, he's out there, watching, waiting. What happened one summer five years ago is about to happen again. And again, and again. The Burning That was an interesting trailer. Wasn't it, though? Holy shit. Love that 80s helicopter sound <laughs> super <sorry. laughs> Just love that creepy <laughs> 80s synth score. Yes. Yes. I um, almost feel like that's where Trent Reznor got his ideas from. <laughs> you know, very true. Actually, uh, I've seen some of uh, the outfits that he's wore live. I sat at the Hard Rock Hotel last year, and uh, outside of my room was one of Trent Reznor's uh, outfits that he wore. It looked like a stra- like a tore up straight jacket. It's really cool. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. And then at the bottom of my floor was the guitar that Tony Iommi used to record uh, Masters of Reality. Oh, nice. One of the best bands ever, man. <laughs> right. Don't even get me started on Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a little plot rundown here for you, whereas Tim Maggs likes to call it uh, a very scary audiobook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a great that was a great comment, by the yeah. way. I love that. Shout out to <laughs> Tim Maddox. Uh, thank you for the fan art. Uh, this week that actually might go on pins that will sell at Steel City Con. I love that. Still that looking so into cool. it. Yeah, we got to get that. Uh, either that or it's going to be on T-shirts. Uh, we'll see what we can do, but we'll make it happen, and we'll be sending you stuff soon, Tim. Just yeah, and we'll make sure we'll give credit where credit's due. Yes, and thank you for being our first commenter on our first episode. <laughs> yes, number one fan of the Dubac Discussion <laughs> Network, Tim Maddox. Uh, uh, but let's get this going. All right, TJ, take it away. Movie starts in Camp Blackfoot. Flashlights in a window. Some campers talking about Cropsy. They band together to scare Cropsy, 
they leave the cabin and head out in the dark. They go to the caretaker cabin, and a few of the campers go out back. Watt enters with a box and walks around the cabin. Cropsy is seen sleeping in his bed. He shoots out of bed but quickly falls back to sleep. The camper that is in the cabin lights a match and puts it in the box. The campers out back start banging on the window to wake Cropsy up. He wakes up to a skull with worms crawling all over it and the eyes lit up with candles. He freaks out. He knocks over a can of gasoline and he bursts into flames. A prank gone wrong, it seems to be. One week later, it shows at St. Catherine's Hospital, we see a doctor and an orderly talking in a hallway. They are talking about Cropsy's burns and the orderly uses the analogy, like a Big Mac over time. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> He calls him a freak and a monster. Well, he takes the doctor to the burn unit to see Cropsy. He opens the curtain and convinces the doctor to look inside. As the doctor slowly approaches, the orderly is grabbed by Cropsy and the doctor runs out. Roll title screen, bitch. <laughs> Chad? Five years later, we are back at the hospital. You see what you assume to be Cropsy being wheeled out of the hospital, and you can hear the doctors talking to Cropsy, asking him not to blame the kids. Like a narration of sorts. Cropsy stands up and walks into the city. You see him walking along the streets. We see a possible prostitute ask what I assume to be Cropsy up to her apartment. He wears all black and a fedora. They keep him in the shadows to conceal his appearance. The girl asks, are you coming up? Because I'm going in. <laughs> Great 80s writing. <laughs> we then see a shot of Cropsy walking up the steps, but we can only see his boots. When he reaches her apartment, he shuts off the light, and she assumes his reasoning is to set the mood. She then reveals she is a prostitute, and turns on a lamp, inquiring about his hat. She begins to undress in typical 80s slasher fashion. Cropsy stays in the shadows and slowly approaches her. She reacts to seeing his face, and is immediately disgusted and asks him to leave her alone. He begins to choke her against a window. Usually that costs extra. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs her face and the camera pans to a pair of scissors he then thrusts the scissors right below her breasts and the camera pans up to show her mouth bleeding Cropsy twists the scissors inside her as she screams in agony the blood effects from Tom Savini do not disappoint here he begins to push her out the window and it cuts to a shot of blood spraying on the mirror adjacent to the window we hear more screaming as it cuts to black we are now at Camp Stonewater where we see campers playing softball we see two young men staring and commenting on a lady's ass. <laughs> to quote the guys, that's prime meat. <laughs> <laughs> the softball scene continues as we see a camper run into the woods. If I remember, that was Tiger. Yeah. Cropsy approaches with a pair of shears. The haunting music steals the scene. As she searches for the ball, Cropsy goes to stab her. But at the last second, she runs out of the woods, not seeing him at all. Wes? The screen cuts to a taxidermy buffalo head. <laughs> I, Alba, I, I will say it was smoking a cigarette, too. Yes, it the camera pans, and it looked like the cigarette was lit at one time. The, the camera pans down to show a cafeteria scene. Two girls talking about a boy named Eddie. She doesn't seem interested in him, but is conflicted with her feelings. Next scene is a cabin full of campers sleeping. One girl wakens and grabs a towel. Sally goes to take to take a shower. She arrives at the girl's shower and sees another girl and makes a comment about meeting a boy. 
She begins to shower and she hears a strange noise. Another noise alerts her as the camera slowly zooms in on her face. Sally looks around in fear, calling out for her friend Michelle. We see the other girl wake up. She calls out to her again. She opens the curtain and the screen cuts away and we hear her scream. The director seems to love doing this in the movie. <laughs> Michelle books it to the showers. She sees Alfred coming out. And I thought to myself, man, in this day and age, this guy would be going right to jail. That's what I, thought <laughs> I thought this guy would be booked before he even got five feet. Uh, where am I left off? And uh, he's caught by. Coming out through. They, br- they bring him to. So Alfred coming out of the showers and he is caught by some boys coming through the woods. They bring him to Michelle where he is revealed he was watching Sally shower. Alfred said he only meant to scare Sally as he gets scolded from Michelle and the boys take him away. Michelle insists that Alfred is a sexual pervert <laughs> and needs to be on Megan's list. Wait, wait, wait. Can I just interject here? For I mean, not Megan. <laughs> Michelle insists that he's a sexual pervert, and yet this is a Harvey Weinstein film. <laughs> right, right. Just, just kind of let that th- sink yeah, in what's for a the moment. Iron, the irony <laughs> exactly. <in> that. <laughs> Yeah, Alfred is a sexual pervert and follows Todd through the woods. He comments, what do you want me to do? Cut his balls off? <laughs> so there was there was about to be a castration of the film. <laughs> the scene continues with Michelle following him along the beach, running her mouth. The dialogue is well written, which makes the movie a lot less campy feeling. No pun intended. <laughs> Todd from the previous scene is talking to Alfred about his behavior, and Alfred reveals he hates it at the camp. Todd reveals five years ago he got sent home and that he is here for Alfred. The scene cuts to the girls gossiping and talking about a canoe trip. We then see Alfred getting bullied by the typical 80s douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, that guy fits the bill, man. Yes, when I he saw does. Him. Glazer. It is revealed the douchebag is Sally's boyfriend, Glazer. I wonder if she named him that for <laughs> obvious reasons, maybe. Well, then two seconds of about busting Alfred's balls. Go ahead, DJ. Wait, wait, wait. Can I, I just yes, to, yes. The whole, talk. the whole name Glazer just makes me. It makes me think of dodgeball. This is my team, Blade, Laser. Oh yeah, Blazer. Glazer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, it's just an odd name, and the guy. I don't know. I just thought. I just laughed when I saw it. You know. The next scene shows Alfred and his friends on the dock. Alfred reveals that he hates swimming, and the other boys try to peer pressure him into doing so. Glazer comes up behind and behind Alfred and pushes him in and starts to laugh like an idiot. That fucking laugh that guy guy has. <laughs> the other boys save Alfred from drowning. Glazer gen- joins some girls on the another dock. Glazer gets shot down from Sally, and then Woodstock shoots Glazer in the ass with a BB gun. <laughs> he literally got shot down. <laughs> yeah, he got put a BB gun. That looked like he shot him with an actual twenty two. <laughs> What's the, uh, yeah, okay, where are we, okay, the boys, then Moon Glazer, we also get to see uh, the guy from Seinfeld's ass. Oh, God, I <laughs> forgot, yes, we did, we, oh, there's more man lovely. ass in this movie than girl. Yep, the boy then Moon's Glazer, and one of the girls push him off the dock, scene then cuts to a nighttime where we see all the male campers in a cabin, they got cigarettes and porno mags, we see Cropsy lurking outside, there's a lot of POV shots in this film. Yeah. They really like that. That's like a early 80s thing, you know? Nobody else sees him and don't believe Alfred. We see Todd walking through the camp and he hears a noise inside a shed. He enters and a dove flies. Why do you go in the shed? <laughs> it flies out for a stupid jump scare. He continues to walk around. He goes inside the cabin with the rest of the male campers. 
and says they have to go to dinner. It then cuts to the cafeteria again. We see the boys come in and stir up some other campers, and they play around with the girls. Glazer asks Sally to go for a swim tomorrow, and she says, maybe? He joins the rest of the boys and gets roasted, and Dave asks the ladies if they need anything. Woodstock goes back to the cabin to grab some vitamins. What the fuck? <laughs> that, was, that was a really, vitamins. really odd Out of thing. All things, vitamins. I forgot my vitamins. <laughs> I need my vitamin E. <laughs> the counselors quiet down the cafeteria. They talk about the overnights to Devil's Creek. Who the fuck goes to a place called Devil's Creek? I was wondering that too. Like, I'm like, Devil's Creek, who wants to go there? <laughs> this will be explained later. We will see Woodstock walking through the woods th- towards the cabin. Cropsey is lurking in the woods, though. The lights don't work in the cabin anymore. Wow! Uh, Cropsey is lurking in the woods, though. The lights... Oh, yeah. Woodstock goes in, the- and in anyway, even though the fucking lights don't work. He grabs the flashlight... From his suitcase and gets his vitamins. <laughs> Cropsey s- seems to enter the cabin. The music intensifies, and then it's an eerie silence as it revealed that it's just fucking Todd. They walk <laughs> back to the cafeteria. We see more announcements from the counselors. By the way, TJ, thank you for letting me read the next paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> the scene cuts to the canoe trip and some banjo music playing. No, it's not deliverance. <laughs> you squeal like a pig boy. Yeah, yeah. You got a real pretty mouth. <laughs> they play in the water, throwing water at each other with the canoe paddles. It is now not... <laughs> Did you see they sunk one of the canoes playing around? <laughs> I saw that. I, I and, couldn't believe that when I saw and it. And not a single one of them had a life jacket on. Fucking horrible. Jeez. That's the real horror in this movie. <laughs> it is It is now nighttime, and we, we hear the campfire story about Camp Blackfoot and Cropsey. They play a prank on the campfire on the campers with a fake Cropsey, and they all have a good laugh. Which that scene was stolen for part two, I swear. Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Carrot is seen walking through the woods with Eddie, talking about Cropsey and them being together. Eddie then gets naked and offers to go skinny dipping with Carrot. <laughs> She joins him in the water as we see a massive bush. <laughs> bush! Well, you got bush! <laughs> that shit creeped up to our belly button. <laughs> that was extensive. That's great. The, I, I'm afraid that we're going to lose a lot of listeners just sitting here talking about this bush. If, if they're here to listen to 80s horror movie reviews. And you can't talk about 80s horror movies without talking about, about 80s bush. What's 80s horror movies without full front bush? <laughs> right. anyway, just leave if you don't like that. Anyway, they began to make out and Cropsey lurks in the woods. They start to argue because Karen won't put out and she swims to the shore. Her clothes are missing, assuming Cropsey took them, and we see shots of her clothes all through the woods. A very naked Karen takes off through the woods looking for said clothes. She begins to gather her lost articles of clothing. This was also in Friday the 13th Part 2. Hey. Uh, We see brief shots of Eddie swimming alone in a lake. Back to Karen as she reaches to grab her shirt. Cropsey comes out from behind a tree with his signature shears. He grabs her mouth so she can't scream. He then proceeds to slash her throat with the shears. We see her fall to the ground, covered in blood, and the shears sticking out of a nearby tree. It is now daytime, and we see Michelle and Todd waking up Eddie to question him about Karen's whereabouts. We then find out the canoes are gone, and they are stranded. (laughs) (laughs) I have something to say about that later, by the way, at the end of the show. They assume Karen took the canoes, but Todd questions it. They get everyone together to talk. Glazer blames Alfred for the missing canoes. They split up to search the area for the canoes. Todd tells Michelle that he feels very uneasy about the whole situation. During the search, Glazer pins Sally against a tree and starts kissing her. She tells him to cool his engines. 
guy's a total douche. Who, who says that anymore? <laughs> cool your engines. If, I, if a chick told me that, I'd just leave. <laughs> she tells him no, and he lets go. We see the campers constructing a strangely well-put-together raft. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Their raft skills were on point right there. It looked like a raft from Oregon Trail to me. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't die of dysentery. Um, right, exactly. And then we see Cropsy walking through the woods. Back to Glazer and Sally talking about fooling around later. Alfred is staring at them from afar, and they go back to the other campers. We see a few of them paddle away on a raft, while the others... <laughs> Stay back to wait. We see a scene of them attempting to paddle the raft down the river. They begin to argue out of frustration. They see one of their canoes in the distance and they head for it. When they reach the canoe, Cropsy shoots up from inside and starts fucking up the entire raft full of campers. <laughs> Unbelievable part. There, there is blood and bodies everywhere as they fall into the water and scream out in pain. Woodstock gets some fingers cut off. Eddie gets stabbed in the throat. <laughs> And, and the chubby girl gets her face cut. That's all that happens to her. Her, yeah, her head was like split open. <laughs> the screen goes red to transition us to the next scene. Take it away, Wes. We see Todd and Michelle in the woods talking. They head back to the other remaining campers. Michelle starts to tickle. Starts to tickle? Starts to tickle Todd and they begin to make out. Todd insists on going back, but Michelle is a throaty girl. <laughs> okay. We then see Glazer fucking Sally in a sleeping bag. She doesn't seem to be enjoying it much, but Glazer makes these weird fucking noises. <laughs> he seemed like a uh, yeah. It makes the whole thing comical. She replies. She, she reply, replies to it with, "Is that all?" Which. Let's be honest, guys. I think we've all heard that. <laughs> I just want to add in. I actually put that in my notes that Glazer was a minute man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not going to even laugh at Glazer because it happened. Uh, he apologizes for his shortcoming. <laughs> <laughs> Which he should never do. They, they decide to stay together and we see Cropsy lurking with his shears. Glazer I just can't get over this name. Glazer decides <laughs> Glazer. to go back to get supplies to make a fire. Then Cropsy jumps jumps over top of Sally and tries to stab her with the shears. She fights back and tries to stop him. It cuts to Glazer grabbing fire supplies from camp and Alfred following him. We we like a creeper. We see a now covered up Sally laying in a sleeping bag. He goes to uncover her and all he sees is Cropsy's shears and he gets stabbed in the neck and pinned against a tree. Um, which is a weird part. I wanted to talk about that later. Yes, uh, Alfred absolutely. watches as Glazer is murdered. A scared Alfred runs back to camp in a panic. He wakes up Todd and tries to tell him what happened. Todd really doesn't believe him, but follows him back to the woods. They come upon the body of Glazer, which, you know, I thought they did that. Uh, uh, he would have cleaned the bodies up. I was shocked. Yeah, he got rid of the first girl that, that he got out of the lake, mm -hmm. you know, the naked girl. Like he made her disappear, but he just fucking leaves Glazer. I, I couldn't out believe it when I was watching. I was like, okay, he didn't even. I, was, I thought for sure he'd go back, and the guy would be like the typical horror movie, would be like, "Where are the bodies? I don't. You're crazy, you know." But they were there. <laughs> and then Bobsy he does shows the, yeah. up and cuts Todd's head a bit, and which was weird. He cuts his little a little. He gets Todd a little nick on the temple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he nicks him and he pa he passes out like he was hit over the head with a sledgehammer. <laughs> a chase scene begins with Cropsy and Alfred. Alfred hides from him behind the rock. Todd comes to and sees the raft covered in dead bodies floating down the river. The other campers think it's a joke and once decides to go see them. <laughs> Todd is, yeah. 
Todd is seen running through the woods. The other campers are waiting on shore, and Todd yells to see if Alfred is with them. When the girl gets to the raft, one of the dead campers' hands fall on her, and she freaks out. <laughs> Dave goes to her rescue as a body floats up out of the water, and the screen goes red again. The campers are shown freaking out over everything. Todd, trying to figure out what to do, Alfred is shown running along a rock wall. Cropsey is shown standing on the rocks above him. The rest of campers hop on the blood, soak raft, and head to safety. Todd is shown to have stayed behind to look for Alfred. We then see Alfred running through the woods once again. Take it away, TJ. The kids on the raft are shown struggling to get back. Well, we get even more shots from Todd running through the fucking woods. <laughs> that is literally the whole fucking like last bit of the movie. It's just these awesome shots of people just running why, through the why fucking didn't he, woods. Why did he run in the opposite direction, though? I don't know. It's kind of like in uh, Friday the 13th Part 5, whenever uh, the killer... Okay, you've known it. Okay, whenever Roy's twisting the, the belt around the guy's fucking head, mm -hmm. one of the shots, he's twisting it the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes! If you watch no, that no, scene again, watch watch, he's twisting it right, and then it cuts back to like show his eyes, and then he's twisting it left. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Now he has an axe, and we see Cropsy closing in on Alfred. Finally. The campers make it back to camp, and Michelle wants the outboard... Because of the killer, because the killer's out there. The counselor doesn't believe her until she sees the kids. Alfred climbs a vine, and we get even more shots of him running through the fucking woods. <laughs> Alfred stops inside of a cement building. Okay, I don't know what the fuck this entire, like, thing is that they have in the middle of this woods here. It's, I was wondering if that was still there, you yeah, know, wherever that, they filmed that. Yes, that's it was. That's thought. that's an old copper mine that they found. Oh. And that's, that's in my... Uh, also in my show notes that I'll go over later. Alfred stops okay. inside of a cement building, and then we see Michelle and the counselors riding up the river. We then get this weird sequence of Alfred walking around the weird fucking maze. Then Cropsy grabs him by the throat and drags him behind a steel door. That's actually a good scene. I like that. Todd he hears his screams. Cool, I like it, too. Yeah. Todd hears his screams and comes running. Cropsy covers Alfred's mouth so he can't scream. Al see, he's using Alfred as, uh, as bait at this point. Alfred uh, now has a rope in his mouth and his arm is pinned with the shears. Todd runs up the hill towards him and begins to walk through the maze. Todd enters the room we saw Alfred get dragged into. He randomly falls and then the place seems to be falling apart. I don't understand. He sees a Minecraft come barreling... <laughs> A minecart come barreling towards Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> God damn, kids. We see a minecart come barreling toward Todd, and he jumps out of the way and looks up to see a dead Karen. I, can I just say here? Yes. It shows that scene, and it shows the minecart <laughs> barreling down and slamming into the other minecart, right? Yeah. So then, like, 30 seconds later, you see the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you, it's the same carts, but the one is still at the top of the thing. <laughs> like, like it's, it's like it didn't even happen. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys notice that? Yeah, I didn't notice it. it was like, I, I think I noticed it. I just forgot until you mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is the best part of the movie. Cropsy is a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, where did he? Yeah, where did he get that? Thing? I don't fucking know. The whole movie is killing people with garden shears, and now he's a fucking flamethrower. Cropsy has a flamethrower, slowly walking toward Todd. Why the fuck would a burn victim be using a flamethrower? Exactly. I, I thought the same thing. It's like I, Freddy Krueger lighting people on fire. You, you think he'd be more like Frankenstein? Fire, bad. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a flashback. 
flashback scene to the beginning of the movie, showing the prank being planned. Cropsy turns off the flame, and Todd keeps looking for Alfred. What the fuck? All of a sudden, we see Cropsy's face, and it's fucking terrifying. Which he tries to light Todd on fire, and Alfred starts screaming. Michelle's approaching with the boat. Todd is rolling around, acting like a bitch. Alfred rips the shears. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Alfred rips the shears out of his arm and stabs Cropsy with them. Why the fuck didn't you do this the entire time? Yeah, I thought the same thing all this time, and you finally rip the shears out. You it, decide it, it's a good time. It takes that fucking Todd guy screaming and rolling around on the ground for him to be like, right. I do got this weapon like right here. Uh, we see Cropsy face down on the floor when the shears, with the shears sticking out of him. A helicopter is landing. Todd and Alfred start to walk out of the mine when Cropsy jumps up and grabs Alfred. Then Todd buries the axe in Cropsy's fucking head. You can <laughs> so tell this is a Tom Savini movie. movie. Yes. Alfred grabs the flamethrower and lights Cropsy on fire. Overkill much. They leave the mine and the final shot shows a campfire and a guy telling the story of Cropsy. Okay. <laughs> That is it for the rundown. Now on to Chad for some behind the scenes and some question discussion topics. Chad, take uh, it away. Okay, so here's some of the notes I wrote down as I was watching it. So the opening scene, the prank they plan Cropsy. Where did they get a skull? <laughs> Where did they get a human skull? Right? Did they just dig up some <laughs> random grave? It's so true. Hey, they went to the local Halloween store, okay? <laughs> Halloween store that in the middle of summer. That was open during the summer month. <laughs> but but yes, yeah, so I saw that and like, wait, where the fuck did they get a human skull? Because that shit looked real. It did. <laughs> maybe maybe they dug it up like Ed Gein in the cemetery. The local cemetery. <laughs> I'm fucking dead. Just to prank someone, you know, because that's what people do. Yeah, that's fucking great. <laughs> that, that is dedicating yourself to the prank right there. It is. That's going, that's going, yeah, you're, that, you're really. That is uh, going the extra mile, yes. Right. It's like, what would really scare someone? A severed human head. <laughs> An actual severed human head. The local cemetery. Why else? <laughs> And how many local cemeteries would there be around a yeah that's around very true. A, around a camp out in the middle of nowhere in New York? Yeah. Unless this was premeditated the entire time, and the kid like dug up a, a fucking and, body. By the way, what was I'm guessing this camp was supposed to be somewhat close to New York City because there was a lot of New York City accents. Yeah, uh, the legend of Cropsey is originally a New York urban legend. New so. York and New Jersey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. uh, but yeah, and then I wrote down the the score was nice and creepy. Uh, Rick Wakeman. Uh, did the score. He's actually a member of the band Yes. Oh. Good band. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, said, you know, I made mention that uh, the first thing he does when he gets out of the hospital, he kills a fucking hooker. Because, let's face it, who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's that. Don't you know that's the first, you know, any serial killer ever, that's where you start. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some of them some of them exclusively, exclusively actually, kill Actually, another Tom Savini right. film, I think the first kill is a right to hooker. <laughs> Wait, what was that, TJ? The 1980 Maniac film, I think the first kills a hooker. And that's a Tom Savini film right. also. That's, Always that, has to be a hooker. Yeah. Okay, so I said uh, it has a young Jason Alexander and Fisher Stevens and uh, Holly Hunter. This was actually their first, all their first film roles. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I put uh, Karen looks familiar, but she's really nobody. So I'm just, I guess I'm just remembering her from the first time I saw this. Uh, shower scene, nice boobs, Sally. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and just. Agree with that. Um, if you're gonna have uh, sand dollar nips like that, you gotta have bigger tits. Yeah. Okay. They were it just it looked like the nipple took up all, the whole boob. But th those were '80s non-fake boobs, so you gotta you gotta you gotta give credit. Oh where no, do. I'll give her that. They're trail for sure. Yeah. We're not Felissa Rose. We don't have fake tits. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that, that's true. <laughs> Uh, continue, Chad. Okay, uh, so uh, the girl who played Michelle looked familiar, but again, she's only acted in two movies, so I don't know if she does like commercials or something. Uh, poor Alfred. Was, I originally wrote misunderstood, but going later on through the movie, that dude was a fucking creeper. He was. Uh, I uh, thought he would kill. He would definitely point. be in jail uh, this yeah. uh, these days. And it was it was all about Sally. He was always creeping on Sally. Like she was the one he was following throughout the whole damn movie. Well, he's probably pissed the fact that she's dating Glazer, and his <laughs> fucking Glazer, but. Maybe he want. Maybe he wanted to fuck Glazer. That's true. Maybe he wanted to. Or fuck Or he could have told Sally, "Hey, I'll last more in a minute." <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he would have known that and been creeping at the right time, he could have said something to say to her. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the whole Glazer thing, this is another thing I wrote down. And this movie actually promoted safe sex because Glazer wanted lubricated rubbers. That's right. Oh and he, yes, and, and he, he threw he a had fit. To have lubricated. It had condoms. to be lubricated. Why would you need lubricated condoms with a twenty-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. If your 20-year-old pussy can't get wet to have sex, then there's a fucking problem. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, my God. Walk away while you can. I'm going to make sure this is marked explicit content on our and, website. And another thing that I forgot I should have wrote down I didn't mention was uh, Jason Alexander. <laughs> Later on, when they're planning their camping trip, tells the girls that uh, they think spermicide. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was creepy. You know, I just couldn't get over hit looking at him in that movie with hair, and I just kept thinking the Seinfeld every time he opened his mouth. I was, I was just, sitting there thinking, I'm like, wow, you know, him and uh, Alfred, this is like, this could be how Jerry and Costanza met. That could be like a young Jerry <laughs> well, Seinfeld true. right there. You <laughs> should have had Jerry play that part. Are you, are you insinuating that Jerry Seinfeld is a creeper? <laughs> well, Wasn't he married not, to a woman that was like 20 years younger than him? Any man who has that many Porsches, I would say yes. <laughs> Uh, the Cropsey Campfire story, I thought that part was completely ripped off of Friday the 13th Part 2. Okay. Um, even down to the jump scare with the fake Cropsey this and the fake Jason. This came out before F-13 2. Uh, yeah, which doesn't make any sense. That's what I they, thought. They filmed yeah. it kind of concurrent with it. Um, then we got to see Karen skinny dipping with full frontal with the massive bush. Then she got a throat slit. <laughs> he should have used his garden shears for something else, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I just trim that It's a little bit you? off the top there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, then I said, "Nice raft that they built." Yes, although it was right. exp- it was explained that uh, Todd was a Boy Scout, so maybe that had something. Ah. To do. But I don't know how much raft building they actually teach in the Boy I Scouts. I got my raft building badge. <laughs> <laughs> and then Krupsy maybe he was one more. of those kids on the in the what are the flies? Yeah, there you go. He's piggy. <laughs> he was piggy, right? He took the rock to the head. <laughs> um, Okay, so let's see. The, I said about the fingers cut off and the girl's head split up. <laughs> I didn't call her the chubby girl, though. <laughs> then I said Glazer is a minute man. Uh, Sally was unfortunately killed off screen. I don't know. I'm guessing they did that for the jump scare later. Then Glazer was stabbed in the neck and Alfred witnessed it. Now, here's my here's my thought on this. Why didn't they all just walk back to camp? Well, would that have mattered? You saw... Um uh, what's his name? Cropsey come out and do a mass murder on the raft. So, yeah, but, but, he, but even before they built the raft, why didn't they all just walk back? Because they all rafted back, and it took like what, maybe an hour for them to get back. They were all they left, and they were go, they were yeah. back in the same day. So they could have just as easily walked the trail, walked right. along the shorelines. They could have fucking swam. True, that is true. But I guess that wouldn't have advanced the story that much. They had right. to be away from the city, and you place. and you can't have a horror movie stuff that makes sense. Right, yeah. agreed. So he doesn't actually kill anyone at camp. All the killing happens off camp. Yeah, off camp. Okay. 
Uh, then I said how uh, Todd was one of the ones that uh, burned Cropsey in the beginning. Big shocker there. Wait, Cropsey was the caretaker. Maybe he doesn't kill them at the camp on purpose. Because he was the caretaker. Because he was the caretaker of the camp. Ooh, Whoa. There you go. Yeah. Interesting. So then here's another thing. Alfred stabs Cropsey in like the neck. Uh-huh. But then later it's shown in his back. When it comes back, he, the shears were in his back. That kind of ir- irritated me. Again, the, the continuity issues. Yeah, but eighties films. Yeah, that that's a lot. How uh, do you miss that? Like when you're directing, like how do you screw that up? I don't it's like understand. we said earlier. How the fuck? What do you not? You not watch the take prior? And yeah. You just go. All right, roll, and you just do something totally different. I'd say lazy editing. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with bad editing. Yeah, I mean, how do you screw that up? I mean, that's part five, uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Like I said, with the uh, like the tree kill with the belt. That was a porn director, but it comes down to it. Yes, and the <laughs> sex scene was much more explicit. It was three minutes long. Yeah. And, you know, interestingly enough, I don't know if you know this, TJ, um, the actual girlfriend of the guy from that scene was in part six. She was yes. she was on set. She wouldn't undress. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's why Deb got it. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then she had a sex scene in part six, and she was fully clothed. Yeah. Which was oh, really... she she got her head smashed into the fucking wall. Yeah, that was her. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that was her. Yeah. yeah, that was her. And that was the that was the weirdest sex scene I've ever seen in any movie. Who fucks with their clothes completely on? I have never done that. Well, I've done half. Let's just say that half. Yeah, but you know. Yeah. That was just weird. Compl- well, I, yeah, I don't even. It's hard even. But they see were if that's in an RV, like if it was in a car or something. You know what I mean? If it was a car, it makes sense. Yeah, but they had an RV. There was a full bed there. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, that's a top five kill in my book. That that when he smashes her face like that, that is yeah. unbel- that is awesome. That part, yeah. That was just pure raw strength of Jason right there, where they had face it, coming. Through it was the that part is so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was really great. The fucking music playing in the background. Alice fucking Fuck Cooper. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, I like the guy rocking out, too. That's funny, yes. too. That is uh, John Travolta's cousin. Yes. Nephew. And you can tell. Nephew. When you look at him, you're like, holy shit, I can see it. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it, it looks just like John Travolta. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And by the way, I can't wait until next episode when we talk about uh, – uh, oh, no, 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 no. No, sorry. at the sorry. end. At the end. No, no, sorry. That was I'm, – I'm thinking of uh, Sleepaway Camp 2 with uh, – Bruce Springsteen's sister. Oh, sorry. She's also in three. Yeah, I was getting ahead. I was getting ahead of myself. We'll, we'll cover <laughs> we those. We will do those. We'll do Don't those at a later date. Don't worry. I love those films with a burning passion. <laughs> uh, so, guys, what what were some of your things you noticed uh, watching this? Uh, Wes, you want to go first? Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I thought the movie overall was okay. It was what you would expect from early '80s and and a slasher film in that you know era of the early '80s. Um, I thought, like I, I discussed with you guys uh, privately earlier, I thought some of the the kills were really. Um, uh, I like that the kill on the prostitute. Uh, it was really graphic. <laughs> I mean, was. you usually yeah. don't. If you if you look at that kill, I mean, when he stabs the, it doesn't look fake at all. Like the like when in part I believe five when he kills the girl doing the robot, and it clearly looks like a pillow yeah. when he stabs into the into the girl's stomach. This looks like an. It, I mean. Savini did a really, I think that Savini did it, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, did a great job on, uh, it really looked real. I was pretty impressed with that scene. And that, that, with that, that kill, with that kill. That part five kill originally was completely different, by the way. Which one? Yeah. The, uh, the, the Violet, the dancing girl. Okay. He originally stabs her on the crotch, <laughs> not the gun. Yeah, like, like, yeah, you see, I, you can see they have pictures 
of the cutscenes, and she's like all bleeding in the crotch, and they cut it oh out because because they thought it, oh. uh, too many people would think you know yeah period blood. And by the way, uh, not that this has anything to do with it, but I'm still embarrassed for her for that doing that making them making her do that dance. I'll just put it like that, and when we go to that movie, we'll talk about that. But I that that it. is. Uh, just like with Crispin Glover, they told her to dance how she dances at the clubs, and that's exactly how she does it. Okay, Crispin oh Glover's part in part four is amazing. Okay? You know, we could we could do a whole episode just talking about but how Crispin weird Glover. Crispin Glover is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is a strange dude. Yeah, but we'll we'll, uh, we'll cover it, this stuff when we do Friday the Thirteenth. Oh. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I, the, you know, the shears. Um, I liked how the shears looked like. Uh, you know perfectly chromed like yes. he just picked them up like they just they just came off the well, uh the it makes sense because he was the caretaker oh yeah well yeah it did make sense it just was kind of uh, it was hard to believe that the shears to me would be maneuverable to kill that many like i don't know it just seemed like it was a weapon that should have been an used once weapon. and thrown in the, the garbage kind of like jason does right not jason yes. but roy does but That's yeah not his main weapon but he used it yeah yeah with some, or he does that in with a bunch of different weapons in, in Jason movies. I feel like they, they used the garden shears to make Cropsey stand out from other slashers at the time because, like, Jason was, the uh, like, the Swiss Army knife killer. Uh, Michael right. is the... The butcher knife. The butcher knife. Butcher knife. Uh, well, kitchen knife. Uh, and then uh, Freddy's not out yet, but... You no. Know, with the scissor hands and... Actually, Freddie is Edward Scissorhands' father, if you didn't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, and uh, I mean, overall, the um, it wasn't bad. Um, uh, you know, he definitely did the makeup and stuff. I mean, the, the kill scenes were good and everything like that. It was just a little, like you said, we were talking earlier. There was some stuff that just were like didn't make any sense, but you got to expect that, and you know, that's about all I feel uh, about the movie. It didn't. It did, I wasn't too high on the movie too low i was kind of like mid mid low i guess on the movie okay. how i felt about it but uh i didn't have a lot of problems i love the cinematography uh my biggest problem was how a lot of the time was taken up with scenes of kids running through the woods <laughs> the pov shots didn't bother me but the transitions bothered me like the cut to red and didn't that seem to you like a lot that that cut to red? Not that they did it, but it was similar to like when um, didn't Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original kind of do stuff like that, like the cut to or, or like or like birds, the movie birds. Didn't they cut to like weird scenes like like that? Like a, it was like kind of like they were copying off a cut scene from that or you know. What I mean? Yeah, I've you seen know, it somewhere you know else. Like, you know what I mean? yeah. yeah. What's that? Yeah, I've seen it somewhere else before. Yeah, it, it seemed like just a copy from something else. I just yeah. don't feel like that belongs in a slasher. I feel like it cuts the yeah. movie up. Uh, the characters were, were excellent in this. Uh, the names could have been better. The actors were excellent. Uh, I love the setting. Yeah, you can't go wrong with a classic summer camp setting in a horror movie. Yeah. It almost looked like the setting was taken right from the first Friday the 13th, honestly. Now, Cropsey like was scary. Uh, his appearance was grotesque, and it was kind of terrifying <laughs> at the reveal. But it could have been better because it is a Savini movie. Right. Could have been better. But again, that's going to be in my little yes. show notes that I added here. But overall, uh, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, I would definitely watch it again. Yeah. If they did a 4K scan of it and Shout Factory fucking shot it 
at us, then I'd probably get it. I'm, I, I could see them doing that in the future because mm-hmm. Shot Factory, especially their subdivision Scream Factory, have just been killing it with their releases. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they're going to up it to 4K. So I would say look for that. Probably within the next few years, they're going to upgrade it. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, when I first saw it, like I told TJ before, it was probably six or seven years ago. I just happened to catch it on Netflix. And I think I started watching another movie before that. I'm like, this movie sucks. So I f- switched to this on the recommendation of, I think, Ain't It Cool News. And I was happily surprised. This. <laughs> and this was, I actually found out when this came out on Blu-ray, I actually pre-ordered it on Scream Factory. And I just found this out a couple weeks ago. The ironic thing is that it was released on Blu-ray by Scream Factory the exact same week that they released The Town That, Town that Dreaded Sundown, which we talked about last week. Yes. So that was kind of funny there. Um, I don't... It wasn't really, really that scary. As so, And to, to illustrate that, I was sitting here watching it again this morning, and my four-year-old son comes out, and he sits down and see, he sits and starts watching it, probably about halfway through to the end. After it was over, I looked at him and said, so what do you, what do you think, buddy? Was that a scary movie? No, not really. <laughs> All right, then. Didn't scare a four-year-old. What did you think of, you, you know what, one plane maybe you liked it i didn't care for but i didn't like the scenes where they were coming when cops he was I, I, believe me i love the uh helicopter kind of droning sound for yeah. the synthesizer that's not what i'm talking about when he was about to kill someone i like the i i didn't like where it showed his vision like blurred and you saw oh, like he was almost looking yeah. he was almost looking like through a uh i don't know what the hell it was like i a, like, like the pov shots lenses. but i can agree with you they're, they're not done like how would you like Halloween-esque? Well, you got to keep in keep in mind that it just was, wasn't it, necessary. I thought I, I, I thought they were trying to get a, a view from the killer, and I just thought it wasn't necessary. I thought it was like uh, we, it doesn't need to be. It, that doesn't need to be. Well, you, know? you got to like, understand that Halloween came out what two years before this? Three came out seven. Three, right. Yeah, three years before the, this. The, so they're trying to do that because we got some shots from Michael's point of view, didn't we? Yes. Halloween one. Yes. So this is what they're going for. Is This is the slasher thing now. An interesting note there about uh, the POV shots that I actually have here in my notes. Uh, they 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 accomplished that shot by smearing Vaseline on the outside of the edges. Oh, uh, fucking course. That's how they did uh, in Star Wars Episode mm. 4. That's how they got rid of the land speeder uh, wheels. Really? Yep. They maybe maybe, maybe uh, Glazer should have wiped that Vaseline off and used it on some of the... <laughs> 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 That's thought on it. Oh, that's that's brilliant. Uh, okay, so so a few more notes here. Tom Savini turned down Friday the 13th Part 2 mm. for this, unfortunately, because he thought wow. the idea of Jason being the killer was completely stupid. But you know what? I want to go, well, and I just want to say, it actually kind of made more sense. And they say they originally didn't want Jason to be the killer after that, because it's supposed to be some kind of anthology thing. But uh-huh. the thing that always gets me is at the end of Friday the 13th Part 1, when when uh, Alice wakes up in the hospital uh-huh. and the cop tells her, we pulled you out of the lake. We thought you were dead, too. So how was she in the water looking like she was dead if Jason wasn't actually there, jumped out and got her? You're right. I mean, that's 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 like some little error that I never noticed until recently. OK, okay. yeah. But anyhow, back to this. Um, <laughs> God, F13 episodes are going to be fucked. <laughs> oh, are, my God. Those Friday the 13th episodes, each one is going to be like the longest show we ever. Oh, did. I guarantee it's going to be two hour fuckers. So uh, Tom Savini was actually uh, pretty unhappy with the way the burn makeup turned out because mm-hmm. they only gave him three days to work on it. But he was happy enough with it that he went on and did promotional tours for it. 
Ah, okay. Mm. So he was he was somewhat satisfied, but you know, like we thought, he could have done better. We've Which, seen better from yeah, him. Yeah, he's the Wizard of Gore. Like, that's his actual nickname, is the Wizard of Gore. So, but mm. uh, yeah, Thompson, I thought he did a pretty good job. Aside from that, everything else, all the gore effects were fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is based on an old campfire story that's actually still being told. They still tell the story of Cropsey at uh, campfires around. Yes. Um, it was the film debuts of Jason Alexander, Fisher Stevens, and Holly Hunter. Okay. Uh, the film composer, Ron Wakeman, he was actually offered a percentage of the profits. Oh. But he turned it down. He wanted to just go straight for a flat-out fee. And then it went on to be the highest-grossing horror film in Japan. So uh, so he might have uh, kind of made the wrong choice there. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Weinstein actually wrote this before the first Friday the 13th was released. So so you can't – it wasn't really a ripoff. It's – I mean he probably adapted some elements to it, but the actual first draft was written before the first Friday the 13th came out. One could argue Sleepaway Camp's the original Camp Slasher though. See, I've never believe that it or not. That film started production long before F thirteen. Did it really? Yeah. Oh wow. Well, that's something we could talk about when we cover that one. Oh, it will be. I love that. I love that film series so much. <laughs> Other than Return, <laughs> I, to have, I Camp. haven't seen it. I, oh, honestly, dude, I seen two it. and three are a fucking Wait, hoot. Do, do you know? Do you know the the big twist at the end of the movie? No. Okay. Oh, oh my god. You, we oh. don't. Nobody tell him. Nobody tell him. <laughs> Any of our listeners, oh, well, please. Tell, I will tell you this. When I was a kid and I went to the, you know, when back when, you know, everyone went out to get VHS tapes mm-hmm. instead of being lazy like we do now and just click a button. Um, I remember going to the, 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 the uh, store and seeing that movie there. Uh-huh. And I always got a laugh because I don't know which one it was, the, either the second Sleepaway Camp or the third one. I think it's Sleepaway Camp. Uh, there was a, a girl with a backpack with a Freddy Glove yep, and a Jason two. mask. Yep, yep. Yeah, she has all the killer's weapons in her backpack. And I was like, wow, what is this? And But I never was intrigued enough to, to rent it for some reason, but I, I really should have. I think it's the but, second uh, one has a lawnmower kill. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. Okay, it has a lawnmower kill, but how does it top – does it top the uh, lawnmower scene in Dead Alive? Oh, mm. I love that movie. That was a good movie. Also called Brain Dead, right? Brain, yep, the yep. original title. Okay. Fucking crazy monkey shit. Uh, <laughs> that movie's so awesome. That's gore to the Peter Jackson stream. before he was a legitimate director. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just read an interview. Uh, he wants to go back and re-release his old movies, remaster them. Also, uh, Chad. Yes. That movie was, uh, I think I just saw something about a Blu-ray of that. Of Dead Alive? Yes. Yeah, he wants to, like I said, he wants to remaster them. Oh, excellent. Uh, he wants to get them all uncut, which I want to see Meet the Feebles because that's like legendary. That's the one with the insane killer Muppets and shit. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, yeah. going back to my little notes here. Um, let's see. Where did, oh, yeah, the cast actually used their own wardrobe. Oh. There was, like, no wardrobe in the in the budget, so they just used whatever they had. Uh, the scene at the beginning where Cropsey's legs were on fire, Tom Savini, mm-hmm. that was his legs. Uh, <laughs> they they had an ad, they filmed in an actual abandoned copper mine. In yeah, the speaking end. of that, did you notice how fucking big Cropsey was when he was on fire because of the fucking fire suit? Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> the guy that played Cropsey in that scene was actually only 17 oh, at the time. And yeah. he and another thing, he went on, he actually died doing something for Airwolf a few years later. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he didn't, he didn't have oh a very long, God. he didn't have a very long career, unfortunately. You know, that's how Kane Hodder got fucked up is a uh, fire scene gone wrong. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's why he got all those scars on Did his neck. Did you watch his documentary? No, not yet. Oh, it's amazing. To hell and back. Ooh. Okay, so the actual abandoned copper mine they used in the climax 
the reason they filmed it there is because it was actually supposed to take place. Originally, they've had a lot of different uh, climaxes they had planned. They were going to film in a boathouse. They were going to film in Cropsey's Lair, and they were going to film in a set of caves. But they had to completely abandon their idea for still filming in caves because the caves were infested with bats. Oh, shit. So that's why they moved it to the, the copper mine they see. That's that's an actual copper mine they found while they were filming. So that was a kind of neat little thing. Where uh, where was it? Where was this film? Did you say? I might have missed it. Uh, hold on. Let me look. Uh, conception, casting. Um, it was filmed around Buffalo and North Tonawanda, New York. Okay, and it okay. was actually filmed around actual existing summer camps. Cool spot. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh, that wasn't set work. That was actual camps. Um, and the original climax was set in a cave, but uh, creative differences between the producers and the director kind of changed that. They actually asked Tom Savini to write and direct the new ending. So that ending is wow. pretty much all Tom Savini, as far as uh, as far as I know. And Tom Savini's. I wonder actually- if the. Uh, I wonder if he's behind the blowtorch. No. No, he does. He's the one that swings the axe at Cropsey, though. Okay. So that's actually that's another Tom Savini. Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, is that all for your behind the scenes stuff? Uh, yeah. Aside from you know, like I said, it went on to make a lot. Of, sorry if I walked away from the mic there for a second. You're but fine. um, but yeah, it made. Um. Hold on, let me find it. It was somewhere in the neighborhood of slightly over a million. In Japan, which is it said it ran for six weeks. So that's one point seven million. So it made two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Um, yeah, it made back his one point five million budget. It did very well in Japan, where it came out in September of eighty one. Uh, Variety reported it set fire to the box office in Tokyo. <laughs> but, uh, oh my god! It, it, but it, and it opened at just four cinemas. And in one week, it made $283,000. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, it grossed over a million just there. So, yeah, it definitely made back If you money. adjust that for inflation, could you imagine? I know, right? That's crazy. Uh, discussion topics, Chad. Okay, let me find my little notes here. Our discussion topics. Guys, what was your favorite kill? Raft kill. Raft kills. Yeah. <laughs> F- favorite kill was, yeah, mine too was a raft kill, but I think the... I think the prostitute kill was very realistic to me. I, I thought that was more okay. real. That the raft was the raft kill was the best, but it was just a little absurd that he was able to knock off what was that four or five people like that, and they yeah. just also there were like, ah. Did you yeah. notice the one girl just got like stabbed in the leg, then just fell into the water? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> like, see that's that. all you see. She gets stabbed in the leg, and then just falls in the water, and that's all you see of her. And then Cropsey fishes all their dead bodies out and perfectly stacks it on the raft. As a nice little display, balances it evenly with all the dead bodies. I don't know how he did that with the chubby girl, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> you put her right. parts on the bottom. Uh, <laughs> she's the center ballast weight. <laughs> she's the ballast. Okay. Yeah. But, like, think of that. Like, he had to fish all those bodies out, put them on the raft, send it down the fucking river, just so these people would see it, you know? He probably he probably saw the bodies there. He's like, oh, shit, now i got to cut all these up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, that was a Chad. Your favorite kill? My favorite. I'd go with the raft, but I don't know because now, now I'm thinking about the the scene with the hooker. That was a really, really disturbing <laughs> it, take. It that really looked- was. If you go watch it and rewatch, I watched it twice because it was so disturbing. I was like, wow, okay. And was it was impressed. a very realistic kill. So you know, what, fuck it. I'm gonna go with the hooker kill. Okay. Okay. Best scene. What was your favorite scene, guys? Uh, Cropsy being uh, like Cropsy getting set on fire and shit at the beginning. Or at the oh. End? Uh, 
like at the end. Like, <laughs> the, overkill. the overkill. The overkill. Like, okay, he's fucking dead. Like, okay, we Light know how fire. these movies work. He's not coming back after this. It's, it's like it, they finish it how they started it. All right. Yeah. Wes? I'm going to go with uh, Glazer shooting his load to her. <laughs> <laughs> now and we know how he got the name. <laughs> uh, no, uh, for real, uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm gonna, I, you know what was really. He buried that axe in his head, which looked pretty real how he hit him. I was like, wow, damn, uh-huh. he, really, he really hit the shit out of him when he hit it with it. I love the part where he's like. They showed like a upper view of it, like right when they're panning out from it, and his body's just burning, and like you could see the cinders and shit falling off him, and he's just stuck. He's the axe is just he's just stuck there like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yes, right. uh, my actually my favorite scene was the campfire story. Okay, even though it ripped off part two, I thought that that was just really set the tone. Yeah, it set the tone. You got a feel for who Cropsy was, and it really uh, it was really atmospheric and really moody. So I got to go with the uh, the campfire story. Minus the jump scare. Right. <laughs> okay, so the opening scene, did it hook you guys in? Yes. For me, it did. Um, yes, until I saw Cropsy's face, and then I was like, wow, he makes me look like Patrick uh, uh, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> uh, oh, Patrick Swayze. I, I think, <laughs> no, he just, he, that guy was just, I don't know, he, he looked like a dwarf to me or something, didn't he? Yeah, he was ugly looking even before, even before the burn. That That's poor what guy. I mean. He was actually better looking uh, after the burn. <laughs> okay. These poor kids I, I did him a favor. Jesus, that, that's an ugly man right there. Yeah. The kids were innocent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, not that I'm looking at, you know, you know, you know when a dude's ugly, you know. And I mean? so. this is a slasher with a good, with a decent motive. Yeah. Yeah. It was a a believable motive. It was a very believable motive. Okay, so yeah, I agree. It was definitely hooked you in. It sold the story well enough that you wanted to see where it continued on. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Here's the best part. Best tits. Not Sally. What? Uh, Karen. No, not Sally. They were just... uh, I'm going to go with the the frontal bush chick. Is that Karen? Yeah. Yeah, it's Karen. I thought she was the best looking girl out out of all of them. Okay. I disagree. I've got to go with Sally. Okay. I, the silver dollars. <laughs> you like those silver dollars. The soapy huh? silver dollars. <laughs> Another thing I looked up is uh, between the two girls, the girl that played Sally was much more laid back and comfortable doing her nude scene than the other one. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, Sally had a nice – she's a really pretty girl like, face. No, they, uh, they both were. They both were really hot. Yeah, they both were, right. But yeah, just a little, just a little weird thing I found uh, doing a little research here. Uh, oh, so, uh, so the score did the score set the mood? Fuck yes, I love the score. <laughs> if he, if you have eighty synth in a horror movie, you're fucking okay with me, buddy. Um, uh, yeah, the the, the music. Uh, you're talking the you're talking the music, right? Yeah, you you guys actually yeah. heard a little bit of the score whenever we were uh, reading the rundown. So, yeah, the music, like I said, very Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, uh, mm-hmm. prior. Uh, preview of that i liked it i thought it was cool i thought the i thought the yeah just like me i liked the i thought that was uh, you needed that in that movie you know it just fit in that time frame of when the movie was made perfectly i think we all agree there that 80s synth score was perfect for that movie i i i love really cheesy 80 horror 80s horror movie to begin with and that synth score was just one of the best right there yes i agree really really good okay so uh your favorite character guys and you guys get negative points if you say Glazer. Oh, fuck you. 
<laughs> Damn. Um, oh, fucking oh man, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to dwell on that. Go ahead for Todd. a second. Go ahead, TJ. Todd. Yep. He fought Cropsy. He put that fucking axe in his head and then let him on fire. <laughs> He's the final girl. Actually, that's another note that I fa- that I found. There is no final girl. That's that's another note that I found. They were actually the final a lot of them survive, the so there's no final anything. Yeah, yeah, a lot of kids survive. Aside from the ones I'm going to go raptors. with I'm going to go with Tiger because she looks real badass, like she's 12 years old smoking that cigarette. <laughs> at the beginning. I was like, what the hell? She looked like she just got out of elementary school, oh, just puffing shit. away. That was kind of really weird too. But I. I what, what, my my favorite, I got to go with Jason Alexander because he was basically playing George Costanza as a young George Costanza. His mannerisms, everything. It was. Just, <laughs> oh, it, and it the, looked like and, he was right off the set of Seinfeld. And, and the fact and the fact that he told the girls Dergo needs spermicide for their trip. <laughs> <laughs> who even says that word? <laughs> Costanza. That's who says it. You yeah, girls I mean, likely you uh, could use some spermicide. Don't forget your spermicide. <laughs> yeah, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> okay um was it scary no okay i'm gonna say that no. i really say can't no. say that because like i only find like a few movies scary so my questions my answer will always that be no <laughs> i i agree it wasn't it wasn't too scary like i said my four-year-old wasn't scared by it so it had its moments but it's not something that's going to give you nightmares yeah agreed uh, uh also along those lines does it hold up well today no not no, at all. absolutely not. This no. Is, especially in the whole Me Too era with uh, Alfred being that cr- total creeper that he was. Now, I feel like the left would rip this movie apart. Oh, God. This movie couldn't even get made now. No. It, it would have to be heavily. Like, Alfred couldn't even exist as a character. No, fuck that. No. Yeah, no, you'd have to write that part right off. <laughs> like, like, the girls would have been right there alongside Cropsy. They would have butchered him. <laughs> Chad, you watched the new Halloween? I have not. Uh, Wes? I have not seen it yet, but I keep hearing bad things about it, so I'm yeah. kind of scared to watch it. Well, we'll watch it whenever it comes out on Blu-ray, and we'll sit down and watch it together. I think that would be the best way to do it. All right. Uh, yeah. I wonder if there's tits in that. As long as they're Jamie Lee Curtis is, and uh, she's what seven. That's, Grant, that's Gilf stuff right there. Yeah, buddy. I don't know if I want to see she's... that. If you want to see her tits, just go watch Trading Places. <laughs> I'm only joking. I don't want to actually see go watch Trading Places watch... anyway because it's fucking hilarious. Or you hilarious. can watch uh, what, what's the one with. The, the, uh, is don't they show it in that? And what? Uh, what's that movie years ago with Arnold? Prom night. What was it? Tra- prom night. That was her first slasher film, wasn't it? No, no, she did no. Halloween first. Halloween was seventy-eight. Prom night was eighty. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So moving on, was the acting good or bad? Good. Good. I thought it was very. I good. think it was. Yeah, I think it was pretty good. I didn't see any like real uh, cheesed out actors. Honestly, it wasn't like you know what I mean. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it seemed like that's how kids in the eighties, how young teenagers in the eighties actually talked and behaved. I thought. Uh, I thought it was very on point there. Agreed. Yep. Okay, here's TJ's favorite question. Did you like the cinematography? Yes. <laughs> I love the cinematography. <laughs> You're a big cinematography guy. I love it. The angles, uh, the lighting, everything was just so fucking perfect. And yeah, it, it, it was definitely felt like the 80s slasher. And it kind of fits the whole genre very well. All right. Wes? I like that. I, yeah, I like 
everything like tj said uh, i'm gonna agree with everything but the vaseline on the yes. camera yeah and uh, yeah, it could have been done better. Other, other than that it was done good i liked all that i think the fact that they used actual camps that they filmed around have really helped that out too the raft sequence when he's killing them uh like you see a slash then you see him raises the thing up and then you get that shot of him raising the the shears up mm-hmm. and then it goes back down kills another one and then you go back up and you see that same shot again I feel like that was well done, and it's very unique to this movie. That's another thing I want to talk about. Thank yes. you, because uh, yeah, we've talked about it before the show. Every shot of Cropsey when he lifts the shears above his head—that's the director. Yes, that's the director's arms doing that because he was. Well, why did they? Why did they do that? Because he didn't like how any of the other actors held it. it how could you up. fuck that up, though? I I don't know. Maybe he maybe his arms are longer than the the guy that actually he had Cropsey. Short, he had stub arms. He, he had like he it. had little Celo uh, <laughs> Green. He had midget arms. arms. He had Celo Green's arms. <laughs> <laughs> he had t-rex arms yeah but yeah that's another thing like i said that was that was the director doing that uh so last question did you guys like the premise basic slasher yes that's how i saw yeah it. i i i thought it was campy and yeah i i thought it, you know i don't have a problem with it yeah i liked it okay. All right. yeah i agree it was a good premise and like we said the killer's motives are believable he went through this whole traumatic thing he wanted revenge okay so, yeah, I, I think we all agree there. Is that all? Uh, that's all I have. Okay, so, guys, a little advert for our little company here. Uh, Gordon Moore is a part of the Dubac Discussion Podcast Network and DubacDiscussion.net. You can find Gordon Moore on DubacDiscussion.net under the podcast tabs and on iTunes. Uh, it is exclusive to iTunes and DDN.net. Uh, next week, we are announcing that we will be doing Silent Night, Deadly Night Parts 1 and 2. It will be our Christmas special. Nice. So... Grab your red and green, Freddy up, because it's going to be festive as fuck. Uh, Wes will be back. Chad will be back. We will have the dream team together once again. But anything else you guys want to add? Make sure, Remember to like uh, like uh, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Do Back Discussion. And, yeah. If you have yeah. any... I'm good. Great discussion. Yeah, absolutely love this episode. Yeah, so great that's, show. Uh, TJ uh, signing off. Chad signing off. Wes, adios.
you 